Welcome to Changing the Narrative. I'm your host, Cecil Grant. The purpose of our podcast is to help shed light on a variety of topics with new lenses. Hopefully with deeper analysis and pointed questions that cause you to think about things differently. I'm not here to change your mind. I just want you to think for yourself. Enjoy the journey. Welcome to Changing the Narrative. I'm your host, Cecil Grant. Today we're coming to you from Schalattenburg, Germany, which is in Berlin. I don't know how that relates, but that's where we're at. Sitting with the young and charming Cheryl Grant, <clears throat> enjoying lunch at a corner uh, diner called Super Bock. We are on the corner of Schenheimerstrafe. I don't know what the other intersection is, but uh, it's a nice warm day. Enjoying the early afternoon beer at one o'clock in the morning. Discovered the issues you may have when you order a beer uh, and really don't know the language. Uh, I had ordered one beer. Got uh, wanted to get a second one. Didn't know how to ask for that. Um, so she brought me two, which is not because <laughs> I put up two fingers. Again, language issue, but no big deal. The uh, podcast this week is going to discuss beer in Germany, on um, the history a little bit, as well as. Uh, uh, the types of beer that Germans drink, when they drink it, what age they start drinking it, and just some quirky uh, things that they do when they drink beer. So, um, without any further ado, we'll get into the podcast. As I mentioned before, my beautiful wife and I are here in Germany, Berlin, to be more precise, visiting family. And there are many little outdoor eateries as you walk up and down the streets of the little town of Schlottenburg. And we have stopped at a few of them. And no matter the time of day, uh, beer is being served. And so I started posting pictures of me drinking beer um, on my personal Facebook page. And... It kind of inspired for me a chance to do a podcast for you guys with regard to beer because, believe it or not, beer for breakfast is a thing in Germany. And so I wanted to start off, uh, you know, not just to be a a quirky, hey, look at me, I'm drinking beer and it's 11 o'clock in the morning in Germany, um, but to gain an understanding of the the whole, the history, not the whole, but, but give you a history of the beer drinking in Germany, um, it just kind of, uh, apparently a lot of my friends um, who were in the military or who traveled uh, while they were airline pilots have learned a lot about uh, the European love for beer, be it Germans or uh, uh, Bavarians or whoever. And so just thought it'd be interesting. I mean, we, in America, we have, you know, 
the king of beers and all of that stuff. But we don't, we, that's, that's not how people drink beer here in Germany. And so I just want to share a little bit with you, um, starting off with the history. Uh, the early days of beer in, in Europe had a strong connection with the church. And Germany was no different in that regard. Between about the 9th and 13th century, monks were the primary producers of beer across, across what is now Germany. Monastic-made beers were usually quite high in alcohol and spice content, particularly to prevent spoilage. And a friend of mine um, sent me a note letting me know also that, and I believe she said it was in Bar Bul Bulgaria. I don't remember where she said, but it was somewhere in Europe. <laughs> I've had a few beers today. Um, that the monks made the beer, but they were only allowed to have one beer a day. So they fermented the beer times three giving it giving it almost an alcohol content of 13 so that one beer a day they had was pretty pretty potent brewers in germany uh, gradually started using more herbal recipes with no hops during the middle ages a trend that lasted until one of the world's most famous food production laws came into effect and this most widely known regulation on german beer uh, the Rheinhessgebot written in Bavaria in 1516, which literally means purity order, decreed not only the maximum price for a beer, but most, most crucially, the only ingredients for beer were to be barley, hops, and water. And this declaration of quality and simplicity in beer production spread throughout Germany, with many cities and regions enacting equivalent laws. Now there are three, three of three of Germany, Germany's most iconic beer styles. Um, the world of beer in Germany is eclectic, ranging from pale beers such as Pils and Hales to rich and malty Dunkels and Bulks. Germany is also home to sour styles like Berliner Weiss and even smoked beers that taste like ham. I wonder if you eat that with breakfast with your eggs. Here are three of Germany's most iconic beer styles. The Hefenweiser. After German-style Pilsner, the Hefenweiser is arguably, arguably Germany's most well-known liquid export. A Wiesen beer, literally wheat beer, is the catch-all term for beers made by partly replacing some of the barley with wheat, which includes a few styles like Kristallwiesen, which is filtered and generally clear, and Dunkelwiesen, which uses darker malts. Hefeweizen, in particular, means that the beer is unfiltered, giving the beer a cloudy appearance. These beers are full of um, uh, aromas and taste you won't normally expect from beer. Think banana bread, clove, and vanilla. A Hefeweizen is usually a bit sweet and fruity, making them a good introduction to Bavarian beer. And then you have the Alt beer. Many German beer styles have an intimate connection to the place that they're from, and Alt beer is no exception. Alt beer, literally old beer, hails from the western city of Dusseldorf. Indeed, brewers here use a historic top fermentation method, actively defying the modern trend towards ferment fermenting from the bottom. A great Alt beer is, delic is a delicate balancing act. These beers are full of grainy malts, 
and fresh hops while remaining smooth and reasonably bitter. Breweries pour these copper-colored beers from wooden barrels. And then you have your clochere. Even though clochere, and I may be saying that incorrectly, but it's, uh, it is what it is, may seem like a regular lager at first glance. This German beer is anything but. Brewers in Cologne use top-fermenting ale yeast and cold conditioning to make a crisp and wildly quaffable beer. Not just anybody can brew a clochere, though. In fact, clochere has a protected geographical indication from the European Union, and the rules for what beers can bear the name are set out in the 1986 Clochere Convention. As a result, a clochere must be pale, hoppy, bright, top-fermented, and brewed within 50 kilometers of Cologne. The drinking beer. Uh, the Germans, and, and this, I, when, I, when I found out this information, I was, I don't want to say I was surprised, but Germans typically don't drink to get drunk. Uh, they love their beer, and they drink it all the time, in all times of day and night, but uh, not really to get drunk. If you pick the right kind of beer, it's even possible to enjoy one of one with a late breakfast without attracting any criticism, which has led me to do that very thing. Although it may sound crazy, now, centuries ago, it was common to give beer to small children. And this is because it contained lots of calories and was safer than water. The beer purity law in the 16th century made beer an even preferable option. Although drinking beer is an enormous part of their culture and it's enjoyed regularly, it would be rare to see Germans completely drunk. And that, again, I find that not weird, but, you know, you think of Oktoberfest and, um, you know, the, the beers that they sell here are not your, you know, regular, you know, regular 16-ounce bottles. And the alcohol t- content for most of them are a lot higher than the alcohol content uh, for American beers. But I would, I would equate German beer drinkers to Americans who gravitate towards craft beers. They go to the little hole in the walls and, and you get your different uh, craft beers. The people that go there don't typically go to get trashed. They go there to try different flavors, beer flavors. Maybe they found one that they like specifically. And they'll go, to, go there to drink it. Um, and I think that's how the Germans are. They, they may find a beer, even though you may get a big beer stein and fill it up at the Oktoberfest. At the end of the day, you might get a buzz, but nobody's you know walking around throwing up and acting crazy. Despite this self-moderation, Germans have a very relaxed attitude towards drinking beer. At 16, you can drink beer before you can drive a car or vote in national elections. Drinking beer casually in public is commonplace in Germany, particularly after work. You might see many people enjoying a Freibenbeer, and it's, that's an end of work beer, on the train, set on a bench, or in the park. Drinking beer is such a large part of German culture, it has its own word, Bierernest. This translates, uh, yes, as serious beer, which highlights just how important beer is to Germans. And so... To kind of get to the to the wrap up part of this, um, these are some quirky customs and traditions about drinking beer here in Germany. 
as you probably have gathered from what I've already said, and any reading you may do on your own, Germans enjoy drinking beer. Uh, they also have some funny and unusual beliefs about drinking that it might be helpful for you to know. And I found this to be funny. <laughs> you must stare into the eyes of another person as you clink glasses. Failing to meet their stare or their gaze is an enormous German foupaw and will cause you, curse you, to seven years of bad sex. Now I read that and I thought, wow, that sucks. But then think about it. Hey, seven years of bad sex is better than seven years of no sex. So that's one way of looking at it. It's all perspective. While clinking glasses and staring, make sure you do not cross arms. The exact consequence of this are not explicit, but it's not good. And you shouldn't, don't consider drinking a Wiesen beer out of the bottle unless you want to attract criticism and shock glances. There's a good reason for this. A wide top glass is essential to allow the yeast to spread. And finally, if you fancy a beer for breakfast, no problem. In Bavaria, it's common to sup on a Hefenweiser, a special type of malted beer, mid-morning. So that's, that's my little trip for you with me in Germany. Uh, Berlin specifically, so that you can kind of gain an understanding of why, hey, having a beer for breakfast in Germany is a thing, and I like this thing. Before we sign off, I just wanted to <clears throat> let you know that the summer time for our podcast can get pretty hectic. Uh, I'm doing this part of the year here. We've just traveled to Germany. Um, we got some other trips coming up uh going through the summer and then once school starts again we still have some trips planned but it won't be as hectic and uh the podcast won't be as jumpy um uh and again i i liked i want to stick to my um promise of not always talking about serious stuff um to integrate some fun things uh, for people just to, to laugh and, and to, to kind of calm down a little bit before we dive into all these serious topics. And speaking of topics, we do have a lot of, uh, I do have a lot of ideas in the works for future podcasts. Uh, one of them is going to be an interview with an up-and-coming black conservative. Her name is Keisha King. She's been all over the, all over the place doing interviews on TV and radio and other podcasts as it relates to uh, critical race theory uh, in the schools. We're planning a series on education in America. And when I say series, that means it will probably be um, at least four episodes that will talk about uh, education in America. Also planning a series on new views about financial freedom. I've got a story planned and the title of it is going to be Your Son Has Been Shot. And then I have, uh, I have an inside source in the military, currently working in the military, uh, who's going to provide us um, inside information uh, regarding CRT training in the military today. Um, so stay tuned for those. And probably coming up very, very soon will be an episode where I revisit episode one where I talked uh, about 
Major Daniel Walker. So you don't want to miss these. You want to make sure you share uh, these episodes and uh, this podcast with your friends and family. Uh, hopefully they're informative. If they're not, you got to let me know or I'll just keep talking and talking and talking. So from Berlin, Germany, Schlotzenberg, enjoy your beers and Prost. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Changing the Narrative with Cecil Grant. Please subscribe to the podcast and like us on Apple Podcasts, write a review, and give us a five-star rating. You can also find more information with regard to our podcast on my Facebook page, which is Changing the Narrative with Cecil Grant Jr. We'll see you next time.